you know, part of the reason why I wrote the book when I did and had the principles kind of set up when they were set up is so that when I went through that diagnosis, I had something to rest on. And it was these stories, these individuals, and it was the, with these principles of richness that really helped me process my own diagnosis and gave me a lens through which I could see a very challenging and difficult thing and, and yet remain hopeful and find encouragement in the midst of that. Welcome to Quality Living Made Simple. This is a podcast to help you create and maintain a quality life. We can do this by implementing simple tips, tools, and ideas. You can find out more at qualitylivingmadesimple.com. Now, here's your host, Joshua Rivers. All right, welcome to the show, Matt. How are you doing today? I'm great, Josh. How are you, man? I am doing awesome. Excited to be able to talk to you about the launch of your new book. As uh, Of course, this is not your first time to the podcast, and so definitely glad to be able to have you back. Last time we had you on, you were uh, still in the process of um, of working on the book, and you didn't know exactly um, the total direction it was going or how it was going to look in the end, I should say. Um, and so you were just kind of getting going on that back in the spring. And so definitely glad to be able to bring you back now with, um, uh, a finished product, um, in hand, so to speak. And so definitely excited to be able to, uh, dive a little bit deeper than we, uh, did last time, last time, uh, for those that are listening, uh, you were able to go through and you kind of gave a lot of your story, um, and your background. So we're not going to rehash a lot of that here, but I'll have a link in the show notes, for people to go back and be able to listen to that. Um, but we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and just dive into the rich principles that you have um, and uh, then the message that you want to share from the book as far as that. So uh, why don't you just go ahead and start then with uh, telling us what the rich principles are and maybe just kind of give a brief overview of that for us. Sure, Josh. It's uh, it's been interesting. You mentioned last, you know, earlier this year when we spoke that there was we're still kind of wrapping the 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 process up and and understanding exactly what the message looked like. And it's it's definitely changed a lot since then. And, and one of the key things that uh, they really changed, I, I think, uh, that your audience and the folks that are listening today will benefit from is that um, shortly after we had our chance to interview, I actually was diagnosed with um, stage three malignant melanoma. Um, and that was the summer. That was June time frame of this year. And it was interesting because here I am writing a book about my aunt's cancer diagnosis and death. Um, and in the process, I get diagnosed with cancer myself. And what I found is that these principles that I wrote about that, that really came to life through the journey of asking people what it meant to be rich and asking people how they defined richness in their life. These principles were incredibly important and impactful for me in my own season of adversity and challenge when, when that cancer diagnosis came through. So one of the things that I've really learned is if for nothing else, I believe I wrote this book in a way for myself and that's kind of an odd way to think about it. But, I, you know, again, I opened the book with this idea that, you know, I don't believe a lot in coincidence and, and rather I believe in purpose. And I, and I believe that, you know, part of the reason why I wrote the book when I did and had the principles kind of set up 
when they were set up is so that when I went through that diagnosis, I had something to rest on. And it was these stories, these individuals, and it was the, with these principles of richness that really helped me process my own diagnosis and gave me a lens through which I could see a very challenging and difficult thing and, and yet remain hopeful and find encouragement in the midst of that. So that's, uh, that's really and truly what, what's been, kind of the culmination of the message up to this point. But the the principles themselves, Josh, they, they were really birthed out of my desire to uncover what it meant to be rich. You know, the cultural definition of richness is one that is often rooted in financial prowess and you know financial security and monetary possessions and, and those types of things. And I found in my life and in many others that, you know, Money's important, but it's not what matters. You know, people say that kind of as a cliche statement, yet we arrange our lives around money in such a way that it really has a strong grip on us. You know, it's it's certainly there's a pull towards it from a professional sense and in a business sense. I mean, it's the exchange with which we which we we earn money as a way to kind of provide for our families. But at the same time, it becomes much more than just provision and it becomes kind of a pursuit. And, and so in the midst of that, for me, I started to, to ask folks what it meant to be rich. And the stories that really emerged were what shaped these principles. And so I, I'm a fairly simple learner and I took the principles and I broke them down into the word rich, R-I-C-H. And the first principle that really jumped off the page to me was the need for a foundation. Is that if you're going to jump from a launching point, there needs to be, you know, kind of a recognition of, of a certain principle. And so the first principle was recognize you're broken. And it's interesting because a lot of people really struggle with this and they don't want to talk about it because nobody wants to believe or feel like they're broken. However, I believe that self-knowledge and self-reflection is kind of that beginning for, for life change. And, you know, this this understanding of brokenness and how we deal with adversity and how we kind of manage and grow is is the foundation. So recognize you're broken is that first principle is kind of brokenness. And then you launch into the, the idea that our life is not meant to be lived in and of ourselves, that we are here to be a blessing to other people and we are here to invest in the lives of others. And that that is certainly a message that has been very true in my own life. I know that the investment from other people is what has encouraged me, is what's challenged challenged me, is what's motivated me. But then when you start to see your ability to invest in the lives of other people and how you can encourage and inspire and motivate and challenge others, it really gives you a, a unique power to, to, to understand that your story matters tremendously to those around you. So invest in others is the second principle. The third principle is um, this: the letter C in the, the rich acronym or acoustic, and that is choose gratitude. Choose gratitude was birthed out of my own struggle as a father and businessman and just trying to understand that you know, there there has to be a foundation of gratitude, that gratitude has to be something that we pursue daily. And, and gratitude often is nothing more than just perspective. And, you know, if, you, if you're familiar with Scripture, Romans 12 talks about uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and perspective is a way to, to, 
to renew your mind and to transform your mind. And you look at something from a different point of view, and oftentimes that brings about gratitude. And as that takes root in your heart, there's a real change that takes place. And so choose gratitude as that third principle. And then lastly is the principle that really spoke most to me during my um, during my cancer diagnosis, and that is uh, the H, and that is humble yourself with confidence. And humble yourself with confidence is just this understanding that we need humility and confidence in equal measures in order to kind of live in the fullness fullness with which we were called. And, and I believe that too often many people err on one side or the other, especially in the online space. When you see people launching their dreams and kind of, you know, pursuing their passions, they either err on the side of overconfidence or they err on the side of timidity. And I had the opportunity to interview a, a pastor named Brian Loritz on my podcast here recently. And he said that the the fault, and it comes from C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis said that, you know, the great sin is the sin of pride. And in both confidence and humility, the error in either direction is pride. You know, overconfidence is arrogance and, you know, too much humility is actually timidity. And and Brian really, you know, shown some light on the, the fact that, you know, pride is the resulting sin or the underlying sin, or the fountainhead of all sin is C.S. Lewis said. So when you talk about humility and confidence, that that to me speaks, you know, incredible truth that you can be confident that you have a great story to tell and that uh, at the same time you need to be incredibly humble as you kind of deliver that message. So there's a long roundabout way of, of giving you those four principles, but that's really what we do, you know, at madham.com is try to bring perspective to life through the lens of those principles. Well, that's awesome. I know that if uh, someone wants to dive into those, um, a little bit deeper. I mean, obviously, they can get a hold of your book. Uh, that would be a great way. But then also, you have your podcast where you dive uh, deep into that on a regular basis um, each week. Uh, and uh, I love the fact that uh, I think it's uh, once a week or so that you bring a a guest on and you talk with them, and they get to share their own perspective in light of the those principles as well, and how those principles apply in their lives. And so. Uh, definitely a great way for people to be able to really grasp a hold of those principles and uh, be able to see how they can uh, not just have the philosophy of it, but they can be able to get the practicality of it as well. And I'm a so, big believer. Yeah, I'm a big believer in, in, you know, it would be the worst thing in the world to me to to deliver a message that was helpful and impactful but we didn't provide practicality on how to actually live this out. And and I'm not the guy who who supposes to have any answers. You know, that's why I use that word perspective often. Um, in, in the analogy, Josh, of ready, aim, fire, I think a lot of people, you know, tend toward the aim, fire mentality. Um, and then some people, not even the aim part, they just fire away. And I think that in my own life, I'm guilty of that, certainly. And so with this, with this being a new perspective, we're really trying to focus on the ready piece, because I think the, the, the worst thing in the world is to hit the mark, to hit the bullseye and realize we were aiming at the wrong target. And, and that's the, the, the truth with, you know, kind of our personal lives, our financial lives, our professional lives. And, and that's really what we're trying to understand here is, is create a readiness, you know, before we jump into the, the aim fire piece that we understand, um, a lot of the, the bigger picture that is at play. So that, uh, that's one of the ways that we're trying to wrap our hands around that. I like that. That's, uh, that's awesome. And so that kind of ties in a little bit with, uh, 
previous guest we had a couple episodes ago with uh, uh, Jim Woods and Eric Fisher with their book, uh, Hit the Mark. And yeah, so, yeah, I, I like both of those guys and and what they're doing. Um, you know, Eric Eric's podcast is and and certainly Jim's you know growth as a writer here recently. It's been awesome to see those guys collaborate and and do that. Yeah, definitely. Now I wanted to go ahead and take a little bit of time here to dive into that third principle about choosing gratitude. And so you chose uh, this particular time of year to launch this book on purpose. So why don't you go ahead and kind of explain that a little bit and then maybe dive into that principle a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the third principle, choose gratitude, was really birthed out of um, a period period of my life when I was not very grateful, Josh, to be honest with you. You know, um, for, for those who know my backstory, my wife and I went through about three years of infertility, and it really led us to a really dark place. It was not a good time in our marriage. It was not a good time in my life. And I was, you know, starting a new business at the time, and so I kind of was validating myself through the success there, um, as far as hitting my numbers and the, you know, making money and and being successful and producing, and in and in kind of a cultural sense, that's what it was about for us. And in the midst of that, nearly losing my marriage, um, you know, we we really kind of came back to center, and then saw that. God is is incredibly redeeming, but he also has a great sense of humor. And we had three kids within 15 months of each other. And so um, we had identical twins. Uh, you know, we found out we were pregnant with identical twins about eight months after we had our first son. And fast forward about a year, and I've got three in diapers at the house. And it was incredibly crazy. I mean, it was I, I can't even begin to tell you that the lack of sleep coupled with taking care of, you know, three small children, you know, my wife is a saint. I don't know how she, I don't know how she's, she's gotten through it, but she, she has. And th- there were times when, and I remember one instance specifically, it was, it was my birthday. It was kind of leading up to my birthday. And I am a huge, I love Dave Matthews. I've always loved Dave Matthews. I'm a big music, music fan. I love all different types of music, but in college, and I always love to go see Dave Matthews and he was kind of coming back close to where we live. And I bought tickets and had this whole thing set up. My wife and I were going to get a, get away. I had sitter in place and we were going to be able to spend the night outside of the house, just us kind of, you know, in, enjoying and embracing, you know, my wife without the kids. And the day before the kids came down with a stomach bug. And uh, if you've ever had the stomach bug in a house with small children, it, it spreads quickly and it's messy and there's a lot of pain and suffering. It's awful, actually. And we were in the middle of that awful, and I was so stinking angry. I was just angry that I couldn't go to this concert. And that's the only thing that I could think about. And in that moment, Josh, I was so just frustrated and and ungrateful for the things that were ahead of me and the fact that I had to take care of my kids. I was sick. They were sick. And, and I saw that ingratitude and I just didn't like it at all. And so that was really what launched me on this journey to kind of uncover the, the root source of that dissatisfaction and kind of the root source of those problems and questions that were rising up. And, and that's what led me to begin reading and, and led me to, to begin pursuing wisdom and seeking out counsel. And, and, and that was a catalyst for the, the writing of this book. And, you know, I use a practice every year where I choose one word. Um, my pastor here in Wilmington, Mike Ashcraft, wrote a book published by Zondervan called My One Word. 
And it's been something we've done at church for a number of years, and, and it's really a lens through which we see, you know, how God's at work in our life, and and it's it's a very practical way for us to engage in the direction that we want to move and who we are becoming. And so for me, um, my word in 2013 was the word grateful, but I put a twist on it and I misspelled it. I spelled it G-R-E-A-T-F-U-L-L. And so that that concept of greatness and fullness, if we can only understand this principle of gratitude. And so as I was writing the book, I knew that gratitude belonged. And and that's where that that principle kind of was birthed from. But as I began interviewing people, I found it very interesting that no one could live in this personal richness if they were ungrateful. And so, you know, I think that, you know, understanding gratitude and choosing gratitude in spite of our circumstances is is certainly um, a key common denominator of, of folks who are living richly, who are living rich lives. And, and who understand, you know, personal success, um, that, that is um, certainly for me uh, something that I have learned with this message. And, you know, I've, I've encountered great stories along the way as well. You know, I like that, um, the phrasing that you have with there, um, with choosing gratitude, because I think there's a lot of people that think that gratitude is just something that, um, that, that just happens um and usually when it's something that that is uh good or pleasant that happens and so it's just gratitude is just oh something good happened so thank you um, right but uh but but i think what and is very evident by what you have uh, written and you've shared a lot is that gratitude is something that we have to choose on purpose it's not just something that just happens um and then we end up having to be grateful or that we end up being grateful um, so I, I really love that aspect of that. You know, choice is um, – Viktor Frankl, who was imprisoned in Auschwitz in a concentration camp. And I don't know if you've read Man's Search for Meaning, but it's a phenomenal book, and I actually quote it twice in my book. Um, but Viktor Frankl has an incredible story as a psychologist, psychiatrist, as, as, as he was imprisoned in Auschwitz. He began to see that you know life in many ways could strip from us our every freedom. Uh, you know he he was he was imprisoned in Auschwitz and he was given a number and you know he was um, you know, they shaved them down. I mean all the the hellacious things that those you know people went through during World War II. He saw and lived in that for three years. And what he began to realize is that life could strip every freedom from him except his freedom to choose how he would respond to a given set of a given set of circumstances and as i was reading that book and as i was reading that book of course as i was writing my own i was like he's nailed it on the head that you know the, our choice is one of the greatest freedoms that we have what a blessing that we have the opportunity every single day to make a choice and at the end of the day Pretty much everything revolves around that choice. You know, we can't control what happens to us. We can't control what happens around us, but we can always control how we respond. 
And so responding in gratitude is a choice. You know, C.S. Lewis uh, was was also kind of one of the the, the men who, who wrote about this idea that, you know, action, um, you know, will should always trump feeling. It doesn't matter how you feel. It matters how you act. Um, and, and that is something that, you know, spoke to me as well. And so choosing gratitude in spite of our circumstances, I think, is incredibly important for us to live in the fullness with which we were created. Because if we're ungrateful for where we are, I think that that seed of ingratitude, it, it kind of, it when it takes root, it it yields kind of bitter fruit. And, and there's a crippling effect that takes place if ingratitude is in our hearts. And so, you know, one of the things we talk about in the book is, you know, preparing our soil and, and kind of the imagery there is our soul preparing our soil for the seeds of gratitude to take root. And a lot of that goes back to that first principle is understanding that some incredibly difficult things may have happened in your life. And there are some circumstances that probably are beyond your control. Um, and, And we talk about the tools of forgiveness and responsibility as ways to manage that. And, you know, I also do some, some life coaching and some you know, kind of counseling, not, not, not counseling in the certified sense, Josh, don't misunderstand me there. I mean, I walk, I walk with people through life, you know, who reach out to me, who want to kind of, you know, walk in that. And, and one of the things that that I find is that people don't like the words forgiveness and people don't like the words responsibility, but the people that really begin to flourish, begin to understand the power in those two words. And so that's why we talk about those as a primary uh, tool for healing in the book. And, you know, of course, that leads to the tilling of our soul um, and tilling of our soil and kind of making way for those seeds of gratitude to take root. And when they begin to take root, you know, watch out because some amazing things are getting ready to happen. Absolutely awesome stuff, man. I definitely appreciate you sharing all this. Now, I know you've had multiple interviews um, here in the last uh, couple months leading up to this book launch. And of course, you've been recording a bunch on your own podcast. So I just wanted to know, is there anything that you haven't been able to share yet or just uh, uh, you would really think is is uh, pertinent that needs to be mentioned now as we're looking at uh, the concepts that you're presenting and uh, in light of the book launch? Yeah, you know, um, I have been blessed, man, to 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 share a lot, and and I'm hopeful that that will continue. You know, this this message is one that's really shaped who I am and who I am becoming. And like I said, this summer when I walked through my own diagnosis, and uh, that's been, um, you know, really a blessing to see how you know it's been used to help people. And one of the things that that I um, you know, lately have been kind of wading through that water in is that, and and I come back to what I think I said earlier is that, you know, when when you write a book or when you have a message to share, when you have a story or whatever it is in your life, you know, there's two sides of your brain in my mind that really want to move, you know, you kind of are 
you tend to go, go toward. Most people err in this way. One is, you know, again, the overconfidence. And, and you, you want to share this message. You're in passion. You know, your, your passion for this message is strong. And you're just like, I'm ready to share this. And you want to tell everybody about it. You want to get on the rooftops and scream that, that this has changed my life, that this is moving in me, you know. And we don't really have uh, discernment of how that's being received. And many times it's received as being self-promotional or it's being received as uh, self-serving. And then on the flip side of that, we think, okay, well, I'm not going to share it with anybody because, you know, who am I to share anything? And um, we become timid. And I think that erring on both of those is, is, is dangerous because both are concerned more about yourself than they are about the other person. And so kind of one of the things that I'm really trying to be mindful about now is how I can help other people. And, you know, again, I go back to one of the reasons why I interview people on the podcast is because I am longing for wisdom. I'm longing to learn from other people. No matter where I am in my life, I want to learn. And one of the things I learned from a recent interview um, is the fact that he is he's never wanting to to stop learning. But what he said is one of the greatest things that you can do in your life is to take an assessment of your own situation, to kind of look within yourself and your story and the things that have happened and how you've responded and, and what you've learned from that and filter that down you know, to a nugget. And when you can hand that nugget off and pour it into the heart of another person, it's, um, it's incredibly impactful. And, and that to me is really, um, really the, 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 the thing that I've been learning the most is when you can pour into the life of another person through the lens of what you've been learning, your perspective, that there's an incredible amount of power there. And, and don't discount that because so many people read a great book or hear a great speech or whatever, and it just stops there. And I think it's incredibly selfish for us to have something impact our lives and not turn around and share it with another person. So, you know, learning how to manage that is one of the things that I'm really trying to do right now. And I would really encourage everyone else to understand um, as well. Absolutely fabulous. Now, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know how they can be able to get a hold of your book? Yeah. So, so, um, you know, we have a, a really awesome thing that our publisher, that my publishers is agreed upon, and we're doing a first release of the book. And the reason why is most most self-published authors will just self-publish a book, but in the traditional publishing world, they often do like a galley press or a galley run, which is copies that are advanced copies to secure, you know, endorsements or media engagements, things like that. And I wanted to include my current listeners and anyone who had the opportunity to, you know, cross paths for this gallery release. And so we did a thousand copies of of the book in a first edition hardback, Josh. And those began pre-order about two weeks ago. And the the launch of that is very close to the announcement of this podcast or when this podcast comes out. And so folks should be able to go to redefinerich.com. 
and and pre-order if it, if it hasn't already released or order their copy of that book. But the interesting thing that we're, we're hoping to do is that, you know, this book is so much about the stories that are in it. Um, and, and I completely skipped over this. I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit and then I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up. But this weekend I had the incredible privilege to meet someone who was featured in the book. And this is someone who previously I had just met, um, encountered online in a, in a kind of a writer's group. And I heard her story and I reached out to her and her husband and asked if they would be willing to share. And she said, yes. And, um, Sarah and Ron Fontenot were gracious to be a part of the Redefine Rich message, and their story um, is is the key story that is the gratitude piece of this book. And their story is absolutely heartbreaking, um, but it's incredibly inspiring. They lost their daughter Peyton, who was born with um, you know many needs, uh, special needs, and they lost her last year. And when I heard the story of how they processed through the loss of their daughter, it it just overwhelmed me. And so Sarah and Ron uh, and their other daughter, Moira, came to Wilmington last week, and we were able to do um, spend the day together. And we, we, we had a video camera there, and we, we did some uh, some video footage of them, and we'll be sharing that out soon. Um, but the reason why I, I share that story is just because, you know, we want – to empower people to embrace stories like Sarah and Ron's um, and the many others that are in this book. And I know that there are stories out there from other people who, who have this adversity and this challenge in their life and they've overcome it. And we want it, we want to hear from people. And so that's why we did a first edition copy as well, because we want to be able to connect with those people and find out how this story of richness is moving in their lives. And then hopefully in the first quarter of 2015, we're looking to do what's called the Live Richly Challenge, which is where we're going to challenge those who have been impacted by the story to to embrace it and to share it in their own world. And and that might be the sharing of their own story. It might be purchasing copies of the book and sharing it with their small group or with their employees or with their family, whatever it might be. But what we're trying to do is kind of create a movement around investing in others in this way, um, which is, again, a principle of the book, and it's kind of right in line with the theme. But I think that stories have the incredible power to shape people's lives and and I want people to join us in this. And so, you know, again, it's 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 awesome to see and it's awesome to live and and I'm blessed to do that. But, you know, with, if folks want to go to redefinerich.com, they can, you know, purchase that first edition copy and and by doing so, they'll be in touch with kind of our team of folks that are going to help them understand and know how they can get involved if they want to. But at the same time, we understand it might not be moving to every individual, and so it's not an obligation. Um, it's just more of a challenge for those that really want to um, take part in doing something that I believe has a, has a real opportunity to impact our culture in a very significant way. Thank you for listening to the Quality Living Made Simple podcast. Please take a moment to share this with your social circles. Also, go to simpleliving.us forward slash iTunes to leave a review on iTunes. Now, go and create the quality of life you deserve. Simple, 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 simple as that. Simple, 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 simple as that.